The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Two weeks ago, we were just wrapping up Thanksgiving weekend, and I got to tell you, we really had a great uh, November around here. I was pretty excited and pumped about some things. We'd had a baptism, baptismal service, and we'd had some exciting things. And uh, I sat down on Monday morning, and I was excited about our Christmas series. We we're going to do the Prophet's Christmas, and then we we're going to do the uh, King's Christmas, and then we we're going to do the... Uh, the innkeeper's Christmas, and then we're going to do the disciples' Christmas. And I, I was I was pretty pumped, and I sat down on Monday morning. And you know, sometimes I uh, my wife gets amused at me, uh, not amused at me. She laughs at me uh, because I get so amused at myself. Sometimes I think I'm funny. She really doesn't, so it's kind of like <laughs> I don't know who he thinks. Sometimes I think God kind of looks and says yeah, that guy's kind of impressed with himself. On Monday morning, I put together a sermon that I was pretty proud of. I got to tell you. I was all ready to go. This was supposed to be last Sunday's sermon. Uh, it was, look, this just seems profound and Christmassy to me. Uh, we were going to talk about the birth of Jesus Christ foretold from the prophet Isaiah, and then the life, the way that, uh, what Isaiah said about his life, and then his death foretold. I was pretty pumped. I thought it was pretty good. Now, God had different plans. I don't know how else to say that. Uh, the last couple of weeks have changed a little bit. I kind of feel like uh, December got on hold for us uh, and uh, looked at it a little bit differently. So, anyway, um, I got... Because you know, this morning we were having the kids sing, and I knew I'd have a little bit less time and a li little bit different setup in here, uh, I wanted to figure out a way to condense the message a little bit when we came back to it. So what we're going to do, I'm going to look very briefly at our verses about the birth of Christ foretold. We're going to look very briefly at our verses about the death of Christ foretold, and we're going to talk a little bit today just about that life of Jesus Christ. And celebrate that. If there is somebody who hasn't checked it yet, our thermostats, I see people fanning themselves, so you must be a little toasty in here. Uh, but uh, somebody can, can check that. But uh, we're going to start with a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7. It was actually a prophecy that Isaiah got. Uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah gave to the king at that time. But uh, this is a phrase that might sound familiar around Christmas time. It's not as familiar as Isaiah chapter 9. But the Bible says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And this prophecy about the birth of Jesus Christ, I just want to point out a few things real quickly to you. That word sign is so significant that um, I don't know um, how many would be aware of this, but if you look through all the different, if you want to say religions of the world, there are about 26 or 27 that we would call their holy books or their Bibles. And uh, ask me how many of those 26 or 27 contain fulfilled prophecy. Go ahead, ask me. Just say how many. Not a single one except for the Bible. One of the things that makes the Word of God so unique is this idea of fulfilled prophecy. And the birth of Jesus Christ itself fulfilled dozens of prophecies. The life of Jesus Christ fulfilled hundreds of prophecies of the Old Testament, very specific. Statisticians have a great time studying about all these fulfilled prophecies. One guy, uh, I don't know if statisticians have too much time on their hands, but one guy said that uh, if you took the state of Texas and filled it up a foot high with silver, 
silver dollars, but you painted one red one and had it in the middle there, your chances of reaching into the state of Texas a foot high of silver dollars and pulling out that particular red silver dollar are the same as it would be that one individual could fulfill even a third of the prophecies about Jesus Christ. It is really incredible and how important it is that we realize that he was fulfilling all the prophecies concerning the coming of the Messiah. And that next phrase, that idea that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. I cannot highlight that enough. Larry King, probably you know, one of the most famous interviewers of our time, uh, he, he was asked if he could do one more interview, what would it be? And he said, the one person that I would love to interview more than anything else is Jesus Christ. And he said, I would ask him this question. He said, were you really, he would say, were you really born of a virgin? Now, I don't know too much about Larry King, but I know he nailed something incredibly important right there. Because what Larry King said is, if that is the case, if he was really virgin born, he said that changes everything. And it does. Do you know if Jesus was not born of a virgin, then really what we're doing here is a nice little show, but that's all it is. And what I'm doing here, you know, might be something I get paid to do, but it has no real meaning. For the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, that he was born without that sinful nature of mankind, that he could live a perfect life sent from God the Father, is the centerpiece, really, of all that we believe. You know, even scientifically, they say now that, uh, and you've probably studied this in science, that some animals can reproduce without a male you know, that they asexual reproduction. Uh, and uh, they also say, you know, hey, now they have come up with cloning of different animals and they can reproduce. Uh, so it's not as miraculous to talk about a virgin birth, but one of the things that they, uh, they forget to tell us is that they are never able to come up with anything other than an identical copy. You know what I mean? They can reproduce something that is identical genetically to the other one. But the, uh, the idea that a woman could give birth to a son totally goes against that, totally blows that out of the water and shows us the miraculousness of the birth that she would bear a son and they would call his name Emmanuel. Now, with the death of Christ, I just would like to read through some verses with you and just get you to ponder with me for a little bit. In Isaiah 53, and I'm going to skip through some great verses, but I, I want to read still where it says, For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root of a dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. It just really speaks to the humble beginnings of Jesus Christ. There was nothing about that life that would have grabbed the attention of the world. There was nothing that would make it significant in the way that he came humbly. But the thing is, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him, the chastisement that brought us, that brought me peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep had gone astray. We had turned everyone to his own way. The Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And again, I'm skipping through, but they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Jesus made his mark with the wicked in that he was crucified among thieves, with the rich in that he was laid in a rich man's tomb, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. 
And out of the anguish of his soul, out of his suffering, he shall see this and God will be satisfied that Jesus has suffered and paid the price for sin. And by his knowledge shall this righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteousness. And I loved reading that because I thought, that's me. That's why I'm made righteous there because of the, uh, the fact that Jesus has borne my iniquities. But I said the main thing, here, here's what happened here. Um, Friday of this week, I, had, uh, I was approved, uh, cleared, de-quarantined, uh, and I knew I could be here today for the first time, and I thought, you know, I haven't really looked at that sermon for a week and a half, and I have to figure out what it's going to look like here on Sunday morning, and I sat down uh, then on Friday morning, and I thought, well, I want to read those scriptures, so I read I remembered uh, 714, and I remembered Isaiah 53, and uh, I wanted to uh, read the, the, what I had about this life that is foretold, because I really sense more than anything what God would have us to do for just a few minutes here this morning is focus on the promises of Jesus Christ the Savior and the person of Jesus Christ the Savior. Okay, so anyway, as I, after I read those verses, I thought, okay, I need to read the, the ones about His life. And I went to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. The only thing is I messed up. I had the wrong chapter. But I wanted to show you the path that God took me down here because I opened up the page. See, I always remember numbers based on athletes, and I thought for sure it was Troy Palomalu, 43. Uh, some of you, that means absolutely nothing to. Uh, but, uh, but it turned out to be Jackie Robinson, 42. But anyway, back to the, back to the story. I, I went to 43, and I started to read this. And I was looking, and I, as I started to read it, I thought, these are wrong verses. But I want you to, I want you to see this with me, because I, on, this was Friday morning. I, I won't go into detail, but Thursday night was brutal uh, in a lot of different ways in my life. And I wasn't. Just spiritually, I struggled a little bit, and uh, and then in the middle of the night, the phone rings, and I uh, get a message that Edwardsburg Schools is shut down because of a threat, and thankful they, that turned out to be not that significant, but, you know, it's so discombobulating, you know, to hear that, and uh, you go through, and I, I was just really, dis, I, I, was, I was out of sorts a little bit, but I accidentally read this passage, but now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I'm sorry, we've got to go back. Fear not, I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. First time I read it, I thought I'm in the wrong chapter. And then I thought, wow. <laughs> wow. I needed to read these verses. Fear not, I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. I want to ask you to do something with, this, with me this morning. Um, we have a few folks right now that uh, uh, I want to request prayer for. Uh, Jessica Slough uh, has been sick and, and has pneumonia. Uh, Marie texted me this morning, asked for prayer for her. Um, um, Betty, um, sorry, I'm blanking. Bev Strout, uh, praying for her who is sick right now. And uh, Jeremy, who's often up here most of the time, you know, leading for us, uh, is very sick right now. He's in the hospital and, and um, praying 
for his wife. I, I was going to ask you just to join me this morning in praying for her and praying these verses for her. Would you? I, I just thought Danielle's husband and, and uh, father of four kids is, has been pretty sick and she's scared. And uh, I think the reports that I got in the last couple of days have been more encouraging. I think uh, there's some good progress there. But, uh, but I was going to ask you if you would take a minute with me and just pray for Danielle and for Jeremy and uh, for the, some of the others that mentioned or maybe some others that you want to include. But if you pray these verses, our Father, would you help quiet their fears? Lord, I lift up Danielle, would she know, <laughs> would she be confident that you have called her, that you and Jeremy, I'm sorry, that she and Jeremy are yours, that they're in your hands. And Lord, when they pass through the waters, Lord, when they face the fire, I pray, Father, that they not be overwhelmed. Would you lift them up? Would you strengthen them? Would you hold them strong, that they be not consumed? Lord, would you let them know, indeed, who you are, that you are the Savior. Would you do that, Father? Please, Lord. Thank you for your word, and thank you for these promises. Amen. I continued then. I thought, well, wait a minute. Where was my text? <laughs> it was 42. So I went back to that, and I read the verses I'd intended to read. Behold, my servant whom I have upheld. This is a verse that Jesus quoted talking about himself in the New Testament. He said, my chosen in whom my soul delights, talking about Jesus there. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. Again, this is Jesus is not calling attention to himself or any, anything like that. Very incredibly humble and seemingly insignificant life. Then the Scripture says this, and this is an unusual verse, but stay with me because this is a great verse. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. A bruised reed would normally be something that's time to chuck away. It's useless. Okay, this is broken. We're getting rid of it. A wick that is about to go out, forget it, put it out. But what it says about Jesus Christ is those people that others would look at and say they're used up, they're burned out, they're useless. That's not what he does. You see, everything about this Savior that, you know, we, we know the Christmas story. So as the kids saying, you know, we love to hear the Christmas story. But when you really play through it, everything about this Savior doesn't make sense. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's not logical that this would be the way that a king would come. This doesn't quite make sense. And if we could remember this, Jesus never came to fulfill man's expectations. He did not fulfill the expectations of the elite, of the religious, of the crowd, or even of the disciples. Jesus did not come to fulfill expectations. What Jesus came to do is eliminate condemnation. Oh, let me say that again. Jesus did not come be everything that man wanted him to be. Jesus came to be everything man needed him to be, a Savior. Isn't that incredible? Would you take a moment with me and just ponder this life of Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. 
born in an obscure village, a child of a peasant woman. He actually grew up in another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. And for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never owned a home, never wrote a book, he never held an office, he never really had a family of his own. He never went to college, never set foot in a big city, he never traveled 200 miles from the place he was born. He never did things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. While still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. Even one of his best friends denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed upon a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had on this earth, and that was his coat. And when he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen long centuries have come and gone, and today he is still the centerpiece of the human race and the leader of the column of progress. I'm far within the mark when I say that all the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that were ever built, all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that have ever reigned, all put together have not affected the lives on this earth as powerfully as that one solitary life. At this point, you want to be very thankful that I am aware I cannot sing because I am dying to break into song. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever set sail have not impacted the life of man on this earth like this one solitary life. Look at the calendar. Everything is divided by the coming of Jesus Christ, B.C. and A.D., but I can say this, look at this life. Everything is changed. Everything is transformed. So totally two di opposite directions by the coming of Jesus Christ into my life when I received the Son of God as my personal Savior. And that one solitary life is what can make a difference in each one of our lives. It it blows me away. It really does. I, I love, I love absolutely everything when it comes to Christmas, whether it's, you know, lights and music and everything. I get so excited about all of that. But do we understand that there's an, if we miss this spiritual aspect of it, if we miss the impact that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, then really we've missed everything. I know that's cliche, hey, don't miss the real meaning of Christmas. I know that. But I, uh, I was so thankful that this morning we could gather and just focus on the person of Jesus Christ. And I could say to you, that is the person that wants to make a difference in your life, like he has already changed and impacted the world. Our Father, the message of you loving us can be explained only so well by human voices. The Spirit, your Spirit, God, communicating that is what we need. So, Lord, my prayer is that uh, even through the time that we've gathered here this morning, that your Spirit would take the Word that we have looked at, your Word, and apply it to lives. And, Lord, that if there, especially if there are those here that do not know 
the difference that the life of Jesus Christ can make in their lives, Lord, I pray that they would, that they would learn that, that they would understand that, that they are loved, that they needed a Savior, and that you provided that Savior in the person of Jesus Christ. May we understand this truth in a way that only your Spirit can teach, us to, teach it to us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.